0: You're listening to episode 51 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. She's got skills. skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Hello, and welcome to episode 51 of the podcast. I am so pleased that you have decided to join me here today for this episode. We have a little bit of a different episode today in that I'm actually being interviewed on another podcast, and this is a copy of that. But before we get to that, a quick word from our sponsor, of course, which is the Alexa Conference presented by voicefirst.fm the worldwide gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts. It's coming up in just uh, just about 2 months now. It's going to be in Chattanooga, Tennessee on January 15th to 17th, 2019, and I will be one of the speakers there. So I hope that I'll have the opportunity to meet you there. The tickets are available right now and using the promo code Alexa in Canada, you can get 20% off. So of course, the link to that and to get the discount will be on the show notes page which you can find at A-L-E-X-A in Canada, alexaincanada.ca slash 51. Now, let's get to today's podcast. And as I mentioned, this is a little bit different type of podcast. I have had the uh, the privilege to be interviewed on some other podcasts, and I will be doing this a little bit more actually going forward. One of the podcasts that I was recently a part of uh, is the Social Savvy podcast. And this is a podcast all about social media and social media marketing in particular. And I had the opportunity to join the host, uh, Andrea Jones, who I've done some work with in the past. And she is a fantastic uh, social media marketer, by the way. If you're looking for a a social media marketer to help you out, she is definitely the one you want. Um, So she had me on her podcast recently to talk about flash briefings and voice technology and how that can be used for marketing. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to use that podcast interview and share it with this audience with you uh the listener of alexa in canada so without any further ado i will uh cut to the interview and i hope that you will enjoy it and i'd love to hear your feedback afterwards so enjoy
1: hi terry welcome to the show
0: Hi there, Andrea, how are you doing? It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. So um, I said this a little bit in the intro, but Terry and I have worked together on and off over the years. He's always working on very interesting projects. So today we're gonna dive into that a little bit um, and talk about some things. So Terry, you're gonna have to explain to the audience. So today we're talking about voice technology. What is voice technology?
0: All right. Voice technology is the future of, of computing and social marketing and everything related to technology as far as I'm concerned. Let me explain. So here's here's the deal. This is the story, this is the way I, I explain voice technology. And I have to kind of go back a little bit and title the story. So I can I'm gonna date myself a bit here, but when I when I, I when I remember having access to the very first personal computer, I was in elementary school and I came home one day and my parents had A computer on the desk and they said this thing this box is a computer and it was from Radio Shack one of these Tandy computers and we sat down and we put in the floppy drive and we loaded up MS DOS and we started typing and we had to use a keyboard to interface with the computer because that's what the technology allowed us to do eventually one of the big breakthroughs was that Microsoft came up with came out with Windows a graphical user interface, and you had to use a mouse to start to click on things. And that is how we interfaced with the computer. And then, of course, it's a very iconic speech. Steve Jobs got up and introduced the iPhone. And so we went to being able to tap and swipe on a glass screen. And that was the interface. The, the, the similarity among those three things, of course, is that the technology required us to use some type of hardware device to be able to get our message to the computer, to be able to communicate with the technology. In other words, we had to adapt the way that we, we communicate with a computer by using some type of hardware. Now, fast forward to today, and the computing power and the artificial intelligence is now at a state in development that we can now eliminate those interfaces. And we can now simply speak to the computer. And so this becomes a completely frictionless interface, if you want to even call it an interface, between the computer. Um, it is seamless, it's convenient. And essentially what's happened now is that the computers are adapting to the way that we naturally communicate. And so we just speak to the computers and to the smart assistants and it can understand what we're doing. And finally, we're at a place today where the technology is good enough that this is a reality. And so this is opening up a whole new area of technology and developments and ideas and concepts and the way people are interacting with computers.
1: It sounds kind of like like iRobot or something like that, like future tech
0: it's really it, it is really future tech i don't know if you saw or if some listeners will have seen i think it was the movie minority report with tom cruise i think it was this movie and he was run, there was a scene where he was running around um in a mall i hope i'm getting the movie right anyway the, the point is there was there was a, a scene where the character's running around in a mall and everywhere around him the 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 billboards on the on the storefronts would recognize him and speak to him based on who he was and what they knew about him and you know that count that sounds scary on one on one hand but it also really that concept opens up so many possibilities because i think we're moving towards a time where we are each going to have our own personal assistants that are voice activated know us and we're going to enter this era of ambient computing where there are going to be microphones all around us as you may know some of the listeners know Amazon had a huge announcement last week they announced I think it was like a dozen new products and they're putting their Alexa device their Alexa voice smart speaker uh, technology into everything from yes the traditional smart speakers but microwaves and clocks and you know you can think of any gadget in your home and I think it's just a matter of time until there's a microphone and we're just talking to our environment and everything is being controlled by our voices.
1: Right. So would would something like Siri uh, in the Apple world, would that be like the first iteration of this voice technology?
0: So, yeah. So Siri, Siri, exactly. Siri is one of those examples. Apple's been very interesting with Siri because Siri was, I believe, one of the first ones that really came to market. But for whatever reason, I believe, and a lot of other sort of analysts in this space believe that Apple sort of missed the boat on this they really could have taken Siri and ran with it and developed it into something like what we have now with Amazon Alexa and Google assistant. Um, Now that's not to say that Apple doesn't have something going on behind the scenes as they often do. But what strikes me now is that and Amazon Alexa has been in the United States now for three or four years. It's been in Canada for almost a year now. And at each of Apple's big events where they get out and they launch their hardware or their software updates, there's very little mention of Siri. And so in my mind, that can only mean one of two things. Either one, they really simply have missed the boat on this. Or two, they have something major going on behind the scenes and they're not ready to announce it yet. But it, it surprises me a little bit that year after year now, we haven't heard anything uh, or anything significant from Apple and Siri. But you're absolutely right. I mean, Siri is one of these. One of these. It's not only Apple that's got these. So there's Apple Siri, there's, a, there's Amazon Alexa, there's Google Assistant, there's Sam, Samsung Bixby, there's Microsoft Cortana, um, and there's just an announcement about Salesforce and their genius um, uh, voice technology. So all of the major companies are seeing this as the future of technology, uh, and, and it just makes sense.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. It may take some adjusting. I may be like that old lady 50 years from now. Like, back in my day, we didn't talk to our microwave.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. Well, it's so true. But you know what's really interesting is that there are literally generations of children now that are growing up, and this is all they know. Mm -hmm. They know that they talk to computers. That's how they interface with computers. I grew up. We had to type. And now – you know, it, it's much more uh, efficient when you look at the number of words that people can type per minute versus the number of words that a person can speak per minute. And I, I don't know about you, but I like to, even when I'm writing a text, I tend to dictate my text now and then send it because that's quicker for me.
1: Okay. I do have a question about that because I don't know if it's just the way that I talk. I talk a little weird, but, um, things like Siri don't understand me. So um, what are some of the things that, that some of these um, inventors or, or the, the behind the scenes guys are doing for voice technology to help, you know, what about people with accents or other languages? I know those are going to be in development, but how, how does that work and will it really replace things like text and type and swipe? Do you, do you see it actually replacing all of that?
0: Um. So I do see, see replacing it. I don't know if it's gonna replace it 100%. We're moving to a, a world that, the term that's thrown out a lot is voice first, meaning that you will interact with something, essentially voice first, because that's gonna be the most natural user interface, but it doesn't mean voice only. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of devices that are what, what is being called multimodal. So you've got a voice interface, but there's also a screen, because some things make more sense. If you wanna get directions to something, yeah sure you can get turn by turn directions by voice, but sometimes you want to see the map, and so you can't do that just by just by voice as far as the the different languages and the accents there's a lot of work here, particularly uh you know I'm familiar with Google and Amazon. They create complete language uh, models, and you know it, it's it's the amount of work that goes into this is actually quite incredible. I had the opportunity to interview um, Davis Bitsky, who's the um chief evangelist for Amazon Alexa. And I asked him about this because, you know, we speak English in Canada. They speak English in the United States. um, But yet there were a lot of features in Canada that were not available or still are not available that are in the United States. And I asked him about that. And I said, what's the deal with that? And he said, well, the issue is that you may be surprised to hear this, but we actually create a completely new language model in Canada versus the U S because we want the voice assistant to have the subtleties, the idiosyncrasies, the nuances that a Canadian would have versus an American. And and I still remember this. He said to me, we don't want the voice assistant to sound like a tourist in another country or you're not gonna develop the same type of connection. So yes, I think it's gonna replace other languages and it's gonna become um, prevalent. And they already, I mean, it already can understand accents to a certain degree and, and that sort of thing. But it's really important for the language models to, to really fit in with your particular location.
1: Uh, that's so fascinating. Um, and based on what you said, it, it kind of sounds like Amazon's leading the way with this technology.
0: So Amazon and Google are in a major battle right now. These are the two juggernauts right now and they are battling it out. Um, you, you may be aware and some of the listeners may be aware that, uh, for example, um, Amazon does not sell Google products on Amazon. And, um, and as a result of that, who I don't know, the chicken or the egg came first, I don't know. But as a result of that, um, Google restricted Amazon from showing YouTube videos on their Alexa show devices. And so there's this back and forth, and these two are the big guys that are, that are battling it out. Um, Google has obviously the, the search engine type of uh, structure behind it, and it's generally very good at looking up information. Amazon is very much consumer oriented, consumer centric. And so they're really going after the, it looks like the smart home environment. And that's where they're sort of expanding from and how a person uh, can order things by voice and that sort of thing. So what's very interesting is that this is going to change the way people do searches. If you can think about, if if you're searching on a computer, you type in your search terms, and everybody uses Google, you get a list of your top search terms and you can scroll through it. And maybe you see however many are on that first page, 10, 15, whatever, how many searches are that doesn't work in voice because if you search something by voice, you don't want a smart speaker to list 10, 15 different options. What's going to happen is that the, the single top search uh, result is going to be worth so much more in voice because that's what's going to be given to you when you do a search, and so Google has been trying out to optimize things for voice search. Amazon, who does not use Google as their search engine because of this TIF, um, they are uh, they have developed some very strong partnerships with Microsoft, um, but they're also looking at you know other ways to search. So each company has their own. Um, you know, pros and cons right now, but it's going to be very interesting to see how it, how it plays out just as an aside, just the amount of resources that Amazon is putting into their technology. They, when you look at their, their, um, job offerings, they're hiring more people to work on Alexa than Google is in their entire organization in terms of job offerings.
1: Wow!
0: So, um, it's, it's, it's quite fascinating where this, where this technology is going.
1: Yeah, they, they are going to take over the world, I think. (laughs) Don't
0: underestimate Jeff Bezos by any means. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're definitely on a mission. Um, so I found one of the things you said interesting uh, about that top search result just from a marketing perspective. Um, And I know we're going to talk about flash briefings in a moment here too, but I want to talk about the marketability of things like voice first technology and how marketers can use that. Um, And maybe this is a good place to kind of tie in flash briefings and talk about what that is and how we can use that to help get our audiences the information that they need.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And this is, um, such a big topic. I'm trying to think to be honest. Where do I start with this? So, so flash first of all, I guess flash briefing. This is a big opportunity, regardless of how you look at it, what your thoughts are. Voice technology right now is a huge opportunity. This is similar to when mobile phones came out 10, 11, 12 years ago. This is the beginning of a brand new era of computing. Uh, just the way we shifted from desktop to mobile. We're going, we're we're gonna go from mobile to voice. And so people that are looking for opportunities to really get in on early marketing on a new platform essentially now is the time and I keep using the phrase this is the prime real estate of voice when it comes to marketing through a flash briefing Um, so a flash briefing is basically a short little snippet I'm using the term briefcast because it's kind of like a podcast but it's brief the the ideal flash briefings are about you know, this is debatable, but I'd say sort of one to two minutes, very short little snippets of audio. Um, but the idea behind it is people can subscribe to flash briefings through, through Amazon and Google has their own um, version of this news briefs. Um, but the idea behind it is that when people wake up in the morning, as, they, as the voice technology becomes more and more prevalent, people are just going to simply talk to their assistant and they're going to say, you know, what's, what's going on today for me? And I already do this with mine. I have it set up as a routine, it's called. And it'll give me the, um, gives me a little sort of interesting, you can set this up. It gives me a little interesting trivia thing for the day. So if there's something in particular that happened in, in history on this day or something, it's it's kind of an interesting little way to start the day. And then it gives me the weather, my, my local weather. It gives me my local commute based on where I'm driving that day. It can, um, and then it goes into my flash briefings, which are, uh, news briefcasts that I have specifically selected. So I've got, I think I've got CBC News on there, Global News, you can have a sports update, whatever you're interested in, um, you can choose. And again, it's your series of personalized news, all done by voice. Now, here's the really fascinating thing right now, the, the estimates are there's probably about 550,000 podcasts out there. And if you take the number of podcast episodes, you're up to about There's, We're approaching close to 20 million podcast episodes that are out there in the world. I did a quick search this morning to look at how many flash briefings there are on Alexa in Canada. There are just over 300 in all of Canada. So this is... The as I, as I said, the prime real estate for 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 voice. It is a way to get into the ear of your listener, regardless of whether you are a small business, whether you are a nonprofit organization, whether you're just a hobbyist and you want to promote something. And as people um, begin to, to uh, you know, use these flash briefings, and and I should mention the adoption of smart speakers is actually quicker than the adoption that mobile phones were. Um. So as people start to listen to these flash briefings, you will be able to be a part of their daily morning routine. And just like a podcast, just like a blog, as somebody gets to know you even more so with podcasts and flash briefings, because the audio allows that little bit of a more emotional connection with the person, you are going to become the go-to source. And so I think flash briefings are a tremendous opportunity. I think they're the future of marketing. Um, Guys like um, some of the you know, top marketers, Chris Brogan, um, he, uh, he actually came on my podcast as a guest. It was really amazing to interview him, and he's got his own flash briefing. He feels the same way, um, and it's, it's, it's just an incredible opportunity. I don't know how else to say it. This is, these things don't come along this often, and with only 300 flash briefings in Canada, there are more than that in the United States, but not many more when you compare them to podcasts. Uh, it's a huge opportunity.
1: I I can see that from my marketer perspective my wheels are turning like how can businesses use this and leverage this amazing technology to get the word out about what they do and to educate their audiences um so I want to talk a little bit about the flash briefing like if we were gonna start today to make them how do we how do we start where do we start
0: So, yeah, that's a great question. So I think there's sort of eight major steps that someone would go through in order to, to create a flash briefing. Um, and those can be broken down a little bit depending on how you divide them up. But the first one is deciding on your topic. Um, and that's the same with anything, right? You want to figure out where you're going to serve your audience the best. Um, so for me, I have a flash briefing. Um, my particular one's called Voice in Canada. And my flash briefing is, is about this, educating people about voice technology, people that are interested in it. Uh, and in particular, I'm looking at the Amazon ecosystem. Um, so the first one is deciding on, on a topic. Something to keep in mind when you're deciding on a topic is that you wanna make sure that there's enough content there that you can do this on a daily basis. Because with anything, you've got to be, my biggest probably tip here is you've gotta be consistent with it. Nobody's going to want to listen to your flash briefing or flash briefing or subscribe to it if you're there one day and you're gone the next day. Uh, it's just it's not a great user experience. So, you know, the best the best flash briefings, as far as I'm concerned, is one that's a daily flash briefing. Um, some people choose not to have a new flash briefing on weekends. That's, that's up to you. I personally do mine seven days a week. So that would be number one is is decide a, a topic. Number two would be before you even get into sort of the the uh, the technology behind it. I would actually suggest that somebody try recording an episode and just see if they even like it because if it's not something that you enjoy doing or you're not into the audio performance, maybe it's not the right platform for you personally. Um, So, you know, record an episode there's, I use free software on my Mac. I just use GarageBand to do it. You don't need to get anything any more fancy than that. As far as I'm concerned or audacity, if you're on, if you're on a PC, Um, the next step is to decide where you're going to host your audio file. So similar to a podcast, When you're done recording, you're going to have small audio files, MP3 files typically. Um, I should mention that, you know, with flash briefings, you can do a text-to-speech type of flash briefing, which means you literally type in what you're going to say, and then it gets read out in the voice of the the smart assistant. So in the case of Alexa, it would be Alexa's voice. Or you can do audio versions of this. Uh, Again, it kind of gets back to that emotional connection. I personally think the audio connection, the, the real recorded audio is a better user experience. It is an option. And then so you have to decide where you're going to host those audio files. Similar to having a podcast, those audio files have to be stored somewhere on the internet so that they can be accessed when somebody goes to, to listen to their flash briefing. There's lots of different hosts that can do that. Um, step four would be to register as an Amazon. For we're talking about flash briefing specifically. You register as an Amazon developer. It's free. Anybody can become an Amazon developer. You just basically open up an account and fill in your personal information. Next step is the step that is a little bit more technical, but that's where you actually go and create the skill. The skill is the, the term that Amazon uses. It's sort of the equivalent of an app for a mobile phone, but it's a skill for Alexa. Um, and, um, but they have done an excellent job as ma- at making it as user-friendly as possible. I'm not a developer. I'm not a coder, um, but I was able to do this. And what I've actually done, if people are interested, is I have a completely free tutorial that shows people how to do this um createaflashbriefing.com. Okay, I'm um, definitely
1: gonna put the link to that in the show notes.
0: There you go. Create a flashbriefing.com. Um and basically you set up your flash briefing skill. Step six is then once you've got your audio files uploaded to your audio host, you then simply take the RSS feed, which literally is a URL link, and you copy that and you paste it into the skill console where you've set up the skill in Amazon. And now Amazon has now. You have that connection between your flash briefing skill and where your audio is being hosted. Um, after that, there's a way that you can beta test. So step seven would be you can beta test it, um, and then you submit it, and um, and Amazon usually gets back to you within a couple of days. So that's sort of the process behind it. Now. You can get into what to include in the flash briefing, but that's a separate discussion.
1: Right, right. I I did have a question about that. You mentioned the length of the flash briefings being one to two minutes. Is that a limit that Amazon sets, or is that just kind of like your professional recommendation?
0: That's not a limit that Amazon sets. In fact, you can have flash briefings, I think, as far as I know, I think they can be up to 10 minutes or maybe even longer. But... You know the use case where the person has subscribed to a number of flash briefings in their morning routine. Typically, flash briefings are being listened to in the morning, although not always. Sometimes they're listened to in the evening or the afternoon. What what I find for me personally is if there's a very long flash briefing, and when I say very long, I'm saying probably above five, six, seven minutes. Um, it's not as it's not as good of an experience because I. The whole point of it is I want I want these things in very short snippets. I want to know quickly, like in the morning when I listen to it. I, like I said, I want to know the weather. I want to know my commute. I want to know what's going on in, in Vancouver. I want to know what's going on in Canada. I want to get my tips, my favorite um, uh, Alexa tips. There's a flash briefing called Word of the Day. Somebody created one that um, helps somebody to increase their vocabulary, it teaches them a new word every day. Um, so it could be like anything here. You could just use your imagination. And I think if you get – if you start subscribing to multiple flash briefings that are 10 minutes in length, you subscribe to like three or four of those and you're at 40 minutes already. And I don't have that much time in the morning. So, um, which is why I think it's really important to get your message as succinct and efficient and to the point as you can. And I think, again, that's my opinion. That's good. What's going to make a good quality flash briefing. Somebody, it's something that somebody's going to want to listen to every day
1: right okay yeah so it's really that that first step's really important then, is really figuring out what you can talk about every day for a minute or two and provide really a lot of impact and value in that time that you have
0: absolutely and and one of the little tips that i have for that is uh, people may be aware that you can use um a service called google it's a google alert a new service and so for me personally i've subscribed to an email notification through it's funny to like google i use google to promote my Amazon but anyway and um, so uh, you can subscribe to that and I've put in the keywords for example for me Amazon um, Canada Alexa um, I think those are the key ones and every day I get a quick little um, email from email uh, email from Google saying these are the the news stories that came out and then I have a spreadsheet and whenever I think of a new topic I just type it in the line on my spreadsheet And that allows me to always have stuff ready to talk about when I'm recording my flash briefings. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you record them all at once?
0: Uh, Usually I would say most of mine are batch recorded about a week at a time. However, if there are certain, you know, late breaking newsworthy items that I really want to get out immediately, then uh, those I'll record sort of the night before. Um, So it just sort of, it just sort of depends on, on what's going on. But I do, I do think it's hard to sit down and record one every single day. It's much easier to sit down and batch record them. Um, Another thing I'll mention is, you know, for marketers, you have the option of um, having links to particular URLs from your flash briefings. And so, for example, um, when I am recording a flash briefing about a new product that Amazon releases, for example, and I want to put a link to that product page, you can actually put that in. And then when the flash briefing is, is, you know, is played by, by Alexa there's what's called a, an Alexa card. And that shows up on your mobile phone, um, as an accompanying multimodal component of the flash briefing. And then when you look at your card, there's a link there, you can click on that link and it'll take you to the link that you talked about in your flash briefing.
1: Oh my gosh, that's wild.
0: So that's pretty cool.
1: can you yeah, time ahead. it to be like a certain timestamp within the flash briefing?
0: So we are going not at this point, although there's a lot of development and it's not going to be long. I, I predict that you're going to be able to not only um, do it through the card, but you're going to be able to do it through voice. So, you know, you're going to be listening to a, to a skill or a flash briefing. And then it's going to say, you know, if you're interested in this, what I talked about, say, take me to the website. And then you'll get a voice version of that or something like that. So that's, that's, a, that's not quite there yet. I know there's a lot of work being done in that. But right now, um, essentially the whole time that the flash briefing is being played, this card is being displayed on your phone or on, or on a multimodal device.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah, that that's really exciting. I think um, pairing the audio with the visual and having it connect to people's mobile devices. Cause I find people are multitasking anyways. So if they're listening to a podcast, they're probably also checking Facebook at the same time. Um, and so having, you know, multiple places where you're connecting with that individual could be a super powerful marketing tool.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So it just it gets you right in the in the time, you know. So Amazon has done, obviously they've, you know, they're a store, they're an online store. They've made this as easy as possible for people to, to, you know, to go to their store, to purchase things. And I have to say like it, it works. Like, you know, I I talk about a new, a new product that Amazon launched their new echo, whatever. And I, I really am, I'm providing a service. People are interested in what, what does this new product do? So I can tell them about it. And I say, and if you're interested in actually looking at, looking at it right now, click the link on your mobile phone. And it just takes them right there and they can see the product page.
1: That's beautiful.
0: And, and so it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's quite seamless.
1: I love that. So let us uh, wrap up our interview today um, with maybe some like final thoughts or tips on voice first technology or flash briefings. And then we'll get into how people can connect with you.
0: Sure. So um, as I said, I, you know, the, the, the thing that I keep going back to is I think this is the prime real estate, you know, um, be, living in Vancouver, um, and I know you're in, you're in Toronto and real estate is not cheap in either of those cities. Um, and it was cheap like 20, 30 years ago, maybe, depending on what you define as cheap. You know, it, It's sort of the same thing right now. Right now, there's a huge white space in the voice technology. And if you feel like you missed the opportunity on being an early adopter for, you, you name it, whatever it was, whether it was a social media platform or whether it was just mobile in general or the apps or that sort of thing. Um, Now is an incredible opportunity. Literally Alexa has not even been in Canada for a full year yet. Um, So that is, that is really, really exciting to me. The the opportunity that lies before us. Um, I'll mention one other thing. And that's just a quick little tip here. When you go to create your flash briefing, if that's what you want to do, you want to have some kind of little audio branding as well, because something that's going to become more and more important in the voice first world is not so much like, what does your company stand for? What is you, you know, if, if somebody said to you, you know, what are you about? What is, what is your company about? What is, what do you, what do you look like? What are, what are you? People can generally give an answer to that. Like, this is what we stand for, but what's going to become a very important question going forward is not so much, you know, what does your company look like, but what does your company sound like? Because that's what's going to happen going forward. And so, you know, you can think of companies that have little audio branding and jingles and that sort of thing. Um. What you'll, what you'll notice is if you start to listen to flash briefings, and again, my personal opinion, the really quality ones start with like just a two or three or four second little jingle at the beginning, and it has an identity. And so for me personally, I have a little jingle. It's actually a small, maybe three second segment of my overall audio branding for my podcast, which is a little bit longer. And and that's you know that's part of my branding now. What does voice in Canada? What does Alexa in Canada sound like? That's what it sounds like. And so I think that's another little thing that people need to start thinking about in terms of what does your business, what does your does your company, what does your mission sound like? Uh, yeah,
1: oh, I love that. That's so good. I'm gonna have to um, really highlight that in the show notes too because it's it's a very. Uh, sensory experience we have now with brands. We can look at them. We see the visuals. We listen to them now and we get the audio. Uh, so good. Um, okay. Thanks, Harry. So where can we find you online? How, what do we do next? How do we connect with you and learn more about Alexa and flash briefings?
0: Okay. So there's lots of different places. So um, I do have a, a website called um, Alexa in Canada.ca, uh which is uh, all about uh, bringing, um, Bringing the knowledge, bringing what I'm learning about Alexa. This is new to me too. It's new in Canada. Uh, but m- the purpose of my website is to teach people about Alexa, how they can use it, uh, whether it's just as a consumer and different things you can say to Alexa um, or, or how you can use it in your business. I have a podcast by the same name, Alexa in Canada. Um, and my flash briefing is called Voice in Canada. Uh, and it just as an aside, the reason it's called Voice in Canada, not Alexa in Canada, is because Alexa. You can't use the word Alexa as the name of a flash briefing on the Alexa platform, so I had to change the name of the flash briefing to Voice in Canada. Anyway, uh, so I so there's that. Um, I mentioned there's this tutorial, so if you're interested in checking out how to create a flash briefing, that's where you go: createaflashbriefing.com. And I also uh, created a more premium course called Flash Briefing Formula, and that can that's at flashbriefingformula.com. And that basically takes you through how to create a flash briefing from coming up with the idea all the way to marketing your flash briefing. There's about 50 recorded videos as part of that course. Uh, it, it, and it, and it literally with screen grabs and screenshots. It shows you exactly where to click when it gets to the technical stuff. So anybody can set it up. Um, you can contact me through Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of them, Alexa in Canada. Uh, um, I'm everywhere right now. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this and uh, um, it's really picking up steam. So,
1: yeah. Awesome. Great. So, yeah, we'll definitely connect with you on social. All of the links that we mentioned will be in the show notes. So check those out. Thank you so much, Terry.
0: Thank you so much, Andre. It's uh, been a real pleasure. And um, I'm always excited to talk about this because I, uh, what can I say? I love it. So thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. There you go. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, podcast interview with Andrea. Uh, It was a lot of fun. As you know, one of my uh, big passions is flash briefings. I just think there's so much value that you can give to an audience through a flash briefing as, as I talked about in the interview. So I will have the links as well to the things that I mentioned in this episode on the show notes page for this podcast episode and you can find that at alexaincanada.ca slash 51 and i also again want to give a shout out to andrea jones who really is uh an amazing social media marketer and i'm going to have links to her page and to her resources as well on the show notes for this particular podcast episode so if you want to reach out to her uh you can find all the information again at alexaincanada.ca slash 51 Thanks again for tuning in this week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Take care. Have a great week. She's got skills. got skills.